Hello and welcome back to another episode of General Conference Conversations, the podcast where we have conversations about General Conference. I'm your host, Kaylin, and I'm super excited to be here with y'all today discussing the words of Christ's chosen leaders. So let's get right into it. So today we are talking about a frankly beautiful talk. I loved this talk. Love this talk. Present tense. <laughs> um, it is The Imperfect Harvest by Elder Vern P. Stanfill. And of course we're still in a Sunday afternoon session. Um, and as always, I encourage you to read this. I really encourage you to read this or listen to this or something. Um, Preferably before you come and listen to me talk about it. Um, so you can get your own amazing thoughts and inspirations and promptings from this amazing talk and to see what it really is speaking to you. It spoke a lot to me, so I'm going to jump right in and start talking about it. I had forgotten about this talk until I read it in preparation for this episode today. And it is just... It's very simple and very beautiful and something that I struggle with. Perfectionism. So he starts out by talking about growing up in Montana. His family were farmers and so um, they were always kind of worried throughout the year about you know whether they were going to get a bountiful harvest. Um, they worried over the weather and the health of their animals and their crops and all all the things that you can't control as a farmer, right? You can control very few things when you're growing things and you kind of leave the rest up to fate, to God, of how much rain you're going to get, how much sun you're going to get, um, prices of, you know, supply and demand, like all of that, right, factors into being a farmer. It's a very stressful job. <laughs> And he said when he, as he grew up, he, he started to understand why it was so stressful for his parents and why there was so much urgency. And his dad started to, talk, to teach him about the equipment that they used to harvest the grains. And he said he would watch his dad, he would move the machinery up the field, cut just a little bit of grain and then stop and go back to check to make sure the combine was getting as much grain as possible and not, um, you know, throwing out a bunch of grain with chaff with all the extra bits, right? And he'd do that a couple of times to adjust things to make sure that they were getting as much as they could. And he said that he'd go along with him and pretend to know what he was doing. And after he was satisfied, he kind of was like, hey, I'm whatever. Um, other Stanfield said that he found little kernels of grain in the chaff on the ground and like held them out to his dad. And his dad said, it's good enough and the best this machine can do. And he was kind of not satisfied. He was like, but we're still throwing away grain, right? And then he says this, a short time later, when the weather turned cold in the evenings, I watched thousands of migrating swans, geese, and ducks descend onto the fields to nourish themselves on their long journey south. They ate the leftover grain from our imperfect harvest. God had perfected it, and not a kernel was lost. 
I just think that's such a simple and amazing story that, you know, and he goes on to talk about like it's often our temptation to obsess about perfection, that everything should be just right, right? And he was like thinking that as a kid, he's like, but this isn't perfect. Like we could still be using this grain, we can still be whatever. Um, and then for him to be like, but it was used in another way. And it was God perfected our harvest. And so yeah, he talks about perfectionism and social media, unrealistic expectations, our own self-criticism. We feel inadequate and we do, we misunderstand the invitation of the savior to be perfect. And he says this, which I think is absolutely brilliant. Remember that perfectionism is not the same as being perfected in Christ. Perfectionism requires an impossible, self-inflicted standard that compares us to others. This causes guilt and anxiety and can make us want to withdraw and isolate ourselves. Becoming perfect in Christ is another matter. It is the process, lovingly guided by the Holy Ghost, of becoming more like the Savior. The standards are set by a, small, by a kind and all-knowing Heavenly Father and clearly defined in the covenants we are invited to embrace it relieves us of the burdens of guilt and inadequacy, always emphasizing who we are in the sight of God. While this process lifts us and pushes us to become better, we are measured by our personal devotion to God that we manifest in our efforts to follow him in faith. As we accept the Savior's invitation to, become, to come unto him, we soon realize that our best is good enough and that, grace, that the grace of a loving Savior will make up the difference in ways we cannot imagine. There's so much in those two paragraphs and I just love like this um, the difference that he points out right between perfectionism and the being perfect in Christ like the, perf the perfection that Christ and, and God are expecting of us is different than the perfectionism uh, that we are trying to inflict upon ourselves or that others are trying to inflict upon us, right? Um, and being perfect in Christ is a process of becoming more like the Savior. It has an end goal eventually, right? That we are becoming like the Savior, but on earth as we are mortals, it's the process, it's the journey. Um, and the standards are set by a kind and all-knowing Heavenly Father, um, it always emphasizes who we are on the side of God, which I just love that of like, like there's always more to do, but in this moment, God loves you, right? God always loves you no matter what. He has great plans for you and sees your, um, your potential, but he also loves you right this very moment. And and then, of course, we realize that our best is good enough, and that the grace of a loving Savior will make up the difference. Make up the difference. And so then he gives two examples that I loved the way he talked about these. Um, one is the feeding the the five thousand with the two fish and three. Oh, sorry. Yeah, the. 
yeah okay the two fish and five loaves of bread i was like not thinking my numbers are correct um he kind of tells a story he also says this he's um he's like do you ever wonder how the savior must have felt about this little boy so of course the savior says you know how are we going to feed all of these people and philip is like i don't know that's a lot of people and Andrew comes forward and says, there's a little boy here who has five barley loaves and two small fishes, but I don't think this is gonna feed all of us, obviously, right? There's 5,000 people here. And then I hit the, and then um, Elder Sandfill, he says, you know, how, do you ever wonder what the, the savior must have thought about that little boy who came forward and offered what he had knowing that it was like probably knowing that it was going to be inadequate for the 5,000 people right can you and I've never thought about it before I don't think that ever caught my eye that there was a little boy who had come forward with this fit with these fishes and this loaves of bread and like the faith and the humility of being like this is my offering I know it's not a lot but maybe you could do something with it I can help and then of course Christ took that offering and multiplied it so abundantly that there were leftovers after all of the 5,000 had been fed. And then the story of um, Peter walking on water. Christ is walking right in the storm on the water. He um, calls Peter off the boat. Peter comes and then he became afraid and he began to sink and immediately Christ stretched forth his hand and scooped him up. And Elder Stanfield has this beautiful paragraph that I remember listening to and I remember being really like awed by it and choked up by it. He says, brothers and sisters, that may not have been the end of the conversation. I believe that as Peter and the savior walked back to the ship arm in arm, Peter soaking wet and perhaps feeling very foolish, the Savior may have said something like this, O Peter, fear not and worry not. If you could see yourself as I see you, your doubt would fade and your faith would increase. I love you, dear Peter. You got out of the boat. Your offering is acceptable, and even though you faltered, I will always be there to lift you from the depths, and your offering will be made perfect. And I love that addition to that, right? Like, obviously that's not in the scriptures, but thinking about how that conversation would continue to go, because we always stop at the, oh thou of little faith, wherefore didst thou doubt, right? And I kind of, the way that we talk about it, or the way that I've heard it talked about so much, is this like, kind of judgment, right? Like, why did you doubt me? Come on, man. But I also like, I think of Christ standing there holding peter in the water right soaking wet and saying oh thou little faith like like little one right he says he uses that all the time little one you know why did you doubt me and it's not a chiding moment it's a teaching moment a reminder of i am powerful and together you and i are powerful and to have that at the end of that, right? Fear not, worry not. If you could see yourself as I see you, then your doubt would fade and your faith would increase. And 
you know, you got out of the boat, your offering is acceptable. Even though you faltered, I will always be here to lift you back up. And I, these two stories reminded me, well, of me, <laughs> but also of uh, Ether 1227, uh, which is one of my, um, Ether 12 is one of my favorite chapters in the Book of Mormon, and I know I have talked about this before, and so I'm going to repeat myself. <laughs> um, so if this is not your first time, if you've heard this before, you get to hear it again, I guess. <laughs> um, and if this is not your first time, then here we go. So God, either 1227 is, um, it says, and if men come unto me, I will show unto them their weakness. I give unto men weakness, they may be humble. And my grace is sufficient for all men that humble themselves before me. For if they humble themselves before me and have faith in me, then will I make weak things become strong unto them. And as a missionary, I had um, um, a bishop that I served with who was amazing, absolutely amazing. And he gave a a fireside for the youth and their parents and he talked about this scripture and he said notice how it says weakness and not weaknesses weakness refers to our humanity right we are in a fallen world we are mortal we are weak in that regard right um and so he he laid out this beautiful way of, of like reading this because the way I'd always thought about it was right you come to the Lord and you say I messed up again he's like okay well you know I'm gonna show you all the things you've all these are all your weaknesses I've given you all these weaknesses for a reason and I guess I'll help you right it's kind of this like reluctant ugh again kind of a thing that we kind of talk about this right um my grace is sufficient so you know once again I'll help you and to think of it in a different way, to think of it as coming to the Lord and saying, I messed up, I faltered, right? I doubted, I whatever. And Christ, instead of saying, here's like your laundry list of weaknesses, reminding you that you're human, that because you're human, you're going to make mistakes. And that's the whole point. And you come to me i will sh i will remind you of that you've because you've come to me i'm going to remind you of that and i'm going to remind you that my grace is sufficient and that i can make this weakness into strength and so i don't know that just i thought of that like that was just like tumbling around my head this whole time i was reading this talk again that the offering that we give is sufficient and his grace is sufficient for the offering that we give, right? He is powerful. He can make up the difference. He is there with us every step of the way. So moving on, <laughs> he talks or he quotes Elder Ukdor from last conference from October of 2022 when he did the Jesus Christ of the Strength of Youth talk. Um, and then he says, you know, we have to remember that whatever our best but imperfect offering is, a savior can make it perfect. Um, 
it might seem insignificant to us. It might seem like we could absolutely do more or we're not doing as well as other people, right? But our little effort, whatever we can give, is is worth it. Is is he he can <laughs> he can work with that, and he can do amazing things. That he can work miracles. In fact, this last uh, line of this paragraph um, really stood out to me. It says, "Our clumsy efforts can lead to miracles, and in the process, we can participate in a perfect harvest." And I thought about, so I was, I'm in the Young Women's Presidency, and yesterday we did a meeting, this coming weekend we have girls camp, and it's kind of been a, not a last minute thrown together, because we've been planning it for a couple of months, but it was kind of like a couple of months thrown together, because, anyway, long story, but, um, and we're not sure how many girls are actually going to be there. Uh, it might be like six or seven and we are just like we we're kind of going through a rough schedule of what the days were going to look like and what we we're going to do and i was so like humbled because these amazing women were like you know it's going to be okay like we don't need to schedule everything down to the last minute and you know the spirit is gonna guide us and our more presidency members was like, do we think it's a good balance of like fun and spiritual? Like, you know, we kind of want girls camp to obviously be spiritual, but also have a good time. And one of our other members, she is like, I think so. And, and as we go through stuff, you know, if things happen and we like get into conversations or whatever, and the spirit prompts us to bring up something spiritual, then we can do that. Like, we're just going to kind of go with the flow and feel as the the spirit directs us and we've talked about this before as a presidency we always kind of feel like we're not doing enough our girls are amazing um and you know we just want to do right by them we want to do our best to be good young women's leaders and and there's been quite a few times our president, our president who I absolutely adore, she has been said, she's kind of said the same thing of like, the effort that we put in is going to be enough, right? If we're putting the effort in to make it a loving spiritual environment, then that's all we can do, right? That's the effort that we've put in. We've done our best. The rest is up to the girls. The rest is up to God, right? And... I have really appreciated her reminding me of that because sometimes I get in my head of that. I'm secretary and also sometimes I'm like, what is my job as a secretary, right? Should I be doing more as a secretary? Kind of stuff like that. And I just, anyway, and so I love that like she reminds me of that and, and I've tried to remind them of that as well of like, you know, if you're doing your best, right, this is going to turn out well. It's going to turn out the way it's supposed to turn out. <clears throat> and I have definitely had some of my clumsiest efforts. I love that the phrase, clumsy efforts. My clumsiest efforts I have had result in miracles. And so that was my question for this talk is what, when has the clumsy effort of yours led to a miracle in your life or the lives of others? I have a million for my mission, right? I was not a perfect missionary. I was not a good missionary sometimes. 
I was not a good teacher, I didn't prepare enough, whatever it was, and yet I had some amazing spiritual experiences even on days when I felt like I definitely could have done more. And I, I feel like I definitely could have done more in my entire 18 months as a missionary, and yet I think I, like, I saw miracles. I had an amazing experience. I saw miracles in my life. I saw miracles in my companions' lives, in the members we served with's lives, in the lives of the people we taught. And so I can definitely testify <laughs> that the Lord loves effort, however clumsy it may be. And then he talks about comparison. Um, he's like, sometimes we look around at those we serve with and think that we're never going to me measure up. And I remember him saying this, and he was like, brothers and sisters, if you feel that way, I invite you to look at the people sitting behind me. I feel your pain. And I think about that sometimes. I remember um, Elder Suarez came to, not our mission, but he came for, I don't remember what he came for, but he also did a, a um, like a fireside Q&A thing with the YSA stake that I was serving in. And so we got to go listen to him speak and he, um, it was Q&A mostly, but he like, gave, you know, opening remarks and he talked about being called to the Quorum of the Twelve Apostles and being so nervous and like questioning he wasn't like he was like i wasn't questioning their decision for like i i, I wasn't questioning their revelation but i was questioning like are you sure like that this is i i don't feel like i'm good enough for this i don't feel like i am worthy enough for this and you know of course he was very much comforted by camera who he was talking to like who actually called him um but it's always so interesting. I think sometimes we put the general authorities and general officers of the church on a high pedestal. Right? They are called of God. They're the prophet of the world, right? And they're also just people. And they're people who have fears and challenges and shortcomings just like we do. And they're nervous about things and they compare themselves to others and he talks about that he talks about comparison and the difference between comparison and emulation and this was another thing <laughs> it's another thing that or another like point that he made of the dif this difference between two things that are often they're very close to each other uh, but they're like two completely different things. Um, so he says, when we compare ourselves to others, there can be only two results. Either we will see ourselves as better than others and become judgmental and critical of them, or we will see ourselves as less than others and become anxious, self-critical, and discouraged. Comparing our, your, ourselves to others is rarely productive, not uplifting, and sometimes downright depressing. In fact, these comparisons can be spiritually destructive, preventing us from receiving the spiritual help we need. On the other hand, emulating those who respect, we respect, who demonstrate Christ-like attributes can be instructive and uplifting and can help us become better disciples of Jesus Christ. 
And so he give, makes this, 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 um, there's a word that I'm trying to like, and I can't think of it. <laughs> he makes this, he points out this difference, right? He makes this, um, comparison. There's not the right word I'm looking for. Discernment is kind of close. Anyway, um, between comparison and emulation. When we're comparing ourselves to others, we're thinking either they're better than us or we're better than them, right? And that's pride. <laughs> that's either pride or like self-deprecation, right? This not and not in a good way. Um, and emulating, on the other hand, is looking up to someone and saying, "Wow, I see their Christ-like attributes, and I want to be like them," right? It's more of like a having an idol. Right? You're having somebody that you look up to, a hero, um, a leader that you really love, your parents. And so it takes that judgment out of the equation, right? It's like, it's not because that person's better than me and I'll never get to that point. It's like, I see something in that person that is absolutely amazing and I want, I want to see that in myself. I want to have that in myself. I want to be better at talking to people. Or I want to be better at listening or I want to be better at... Uh, drawing whatever right um and so i like that discernment that that difference that he points out so my other question for you is how often do you compare yourselves to others this is a hard one for me <laughs> i am really good at comparing myself to others and i'm really good at perfectionism and so this talk was definitely for me um but i just want you to think about that how often do you compare yourselves to others just think about it. I think sometimes it's like, stop comparing, like, invitation, like, stop comparing yourselves to others, which is also a good thing to do, right, obviously, um, but even just to be aware of it, to think about how often you compare yourselves to others, not even, and in and, and both ways, right, like, oh, I'm not as bad at that person as this thing, so that's okay, like, I'm doing okay, right, and it's not, it's not always, I thought about this before. There are several ways to compare ourselves to others. Obviously, there's the like, they're so much better than me. I will never be, you know, as good as them. Why am I even here? Why am I in this calling? Why am I in this job? Right? That's very self-destructive. There's also the like, I'm definitely better than that person at this thing. Very prideful. There's also this like, and I've noticed people do this as well, like, well, I thought I was bad at this, but like, that person is really bad at that, so like I'm gonna make myself feel better by noticing how bad they are because they're worse than me. And so it's kind of that difference of like I'm better than this person, but it's like it's still a prideful thing of like, well, I'm gonna make myself feel better because that person's really bad at it. I'm guilty of this too, like I definitely have done this before in my life. <laughs> so yeah, so just be aware how often do you compare yourselves to others? Like, just think about it on a day basis. Think back to today and think how many times you compared yourself to others, whether it's a coworker or a family member, somebody you saw on social media or on a TV show, whatever. Huh. Anyway, so he talks about the savior being a model of emulation as he emulated Heavenly Father. And... A 
sorry, I lost my like notes here for a second. <laughs> and then of course he reminds us, regardless of how insignificant our efforts may seem, we are if we are insincere, the Saber will use us to accomplish his work. Um, that we don't have to be perfect, but we are needed because everybody has something that they can give. Um, and of course, he also mentions the parable of the sower, where the saver describes the seeds that are planted in good ground. Some of them produce hundredfold, some sixty, and others thirty, but that all are part of his perfect harvest. Which I also loved that of like, it doesn't matter, you know, compared to other people. Um, it's also something we were talking about with Girls Camp this weekend, this coming week. Our theme is strength in Christ. And... Our president was like, I really wanted it to kind of be like a strong girls thing, but I also wanted to obviously bring in doctrine. I also didn't want it to be like this, we're going to be roughing it the whole time. Like I didn't want them to think it was like this endurance test or anything, but she did talk about wanting to do like an obstacle course. And she's like, I'd really love it to be like we do times and you are competing only against yourself. You're trying to best your PR, your best time. And I think that also right here, like this, we are not competing against anybody else, right? We're all going to get grace. We are all going to have access to, we all have access to that power. It's against us. Like we are trying to better ourselves every single day and we're helping others, right? As we are supportive and loving, um, giving our, our small efforts that might be have a huge impact on somebody else's life. But at the end of the day, we're not competing against them, we're competing against ourselves. We are trying to get just a little bit better every single day. <sighs> anyway, uh, at the very end he calls Christ the master of the perfect harvest, um, which I thought was a great, like, name of Christ. I thought that was great. And of course, pulls it all back in together, right, with his story at the beginning. And I just really loved this talk. I just loved the reminder of like, it's okay, like you're doing your best and your best is what's expected of you. And your best can be amplified a thousandfold by the power of Christ. Um, he is always there. He is the, the amplifier. He's the amplifier, right? He's taking what we can give. He's taking the fish and the bread and using it to feed 5,000 people. And whatever we can give, he's going to take it and run with it and be so happy doing it because he wants us to succeed. Anyway, to recap my questions, um, the first one is, sorry, I didn't scroll back enough, apparently. Maybe I scrolled back too far. <laughs> yes, it is. When, when has a clumsy effort of yours led to a miracle in your life or in the lives of others? And then, uh, how often do you compare yourselves to others? And as for further reading, he had a couple of talks and I believe, yes, so uh, of course Jesus Christ is the Strength of Youth was from October 2022 General Conference. 
and then um, an, an especially noble calling by Joy D. Jones from April of 2020. And then uh, one of his quotes from Elder Renland is from a, a church news article called Elder Renland Visits Caribbean Saints Preparing to Withstand Seismic Hits of Life, which is in like quotation marks. Um, so yeah, if you're looking for some further study for this talk, um, uh, you can look at those. And, um, especially Jesus Christ's strength of youth. I have, and I have a, an episode about that top particular talk if you'd like to read it. <laughs> uh, but that is all I've got for you today. Um, as always, I'm on Instagram, Facebook, at John Conference Conversations. You can subscribe on YouTube, follow me on any podcatcher. Oh, I'm on, um, on Amazon Music now as a Amazon podcast as well. That's new. Um, <laughs> and I love to hear from you, messages, emails, comments. Uh, I try to at least like like all the comments even if i don't respond to all of them um and all of that information will be in the show notes if you are interested and i'll talk to you next time